Let me just say this. Trauma, I th- one of the good definitions of trauma, life-changing powerlessness, life-altering powerlessness. So one of the reasons, Debbie, that we feel that powerlessness is because when we are betrayed, our choice was robbed from us. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Coach Jay. Coach Jay is a betrayal trauma practitioner and intrapersonal relationship coach. He holds a master's degree in education, is ministry credentialed, a certified special education teacher, and author of a children's book, I Am Loved Right Where I Am, a veteran of the United States military, an inspirational speaker, adoptive parent, and much more. But his childhood was anything but success. After years of drugs, dysfunction, and special education, Coach Jay quit school in sixth grade, ultimately living on the streets, falling victim to abuse after abuse. After the second gun to his temple, Coach Jay vowed to fix himself so he could help fix others. Determined, Coach Jay put himself through school researching self-help books, therapy, psychology, and spirituality. Coach Jay stands by his motto, the relationship you have with yourself sets the tone and standard for all other relationships around you and says relationships can break you, but even broken crayons can create beautiful masterpieces. Today, I'm honored to bring you one of our very own PBT practitioners. I'm about to have a conversation with Coach Jay, a much-loved practitioner within the PBT Institute. You're going to see exactly why he's helped so many of our members with his wisdom and insight as you listen to this conversation. This is one of those episodes that you're going to want to take some notes, and you may need to listen to it a few times to fully capture all of the amazing nuggets Coach Jay will be sharing. Get ready for this info-packed conversation. Here we go. Okay, everybody, we are in for such a special treat today because we have Coach Jay with us. Now, you don't know who Coach Jay is just yet, but I am blessed enough to have him as one of our practitioners within the PBT Institute. So we're going to be talking all about um, are you a volunteer or a victim and so much more? Welcome, Coach Jay. Thank you so much, Dr. Debbie Silver. Great to be on here. Appreciate uh, your time. It's just such an honor to, to just have you in the community. And, you know, of course, I'm, I'm so uh, blessed to have all of our coaches and practitioners, but there's something about Coach Jay that he's just so lovable. And I always hear from our members whenever they go to see him, uh, to work with him as one, you know, for one of their sessions or they go to one of his classes, they get so much out of it. So we're going to be diving into all of that. But let's just talk about what brought you to the PBT community. Let's start there. Uh, Okay. So um, I recently, I had a lot of um, childhood trauma and did not realize as an adult how unhealed it was and how it affected, you know, many aspects of me and my relationships. And it only came out um, after a recent, uh, the loss of my father. Uh, My father died suddenly. And, uh, you know, one day he was happy whistling and we were talking and literally seven days later, I was burying him six feet into the ground. And it brought up so much of that childhood tragedy, that that trauma, that betrayal. 
um, where I, I was losing my mind. And so I was scouring the internet and as many, many people do, they happen across your TED talk and which led me to the community. So I came into the community um, as a member and spent some time learning and listening and healing and, uh, you know, you and I talked and, and you know, uh, I, I've been a coach for a long time, you know, prior to this, I went through the process of being certified as a betrayal trauma practitioner because I have a mental health background. Um, and so that leads me into now coaching at the PBT Institute. Amazing. And, you know, I always find it so interesting that there's a traumatic event that then uh, it's like it's the wake up call and it allows for. Uh, us to see all things, all the things that maybe in the past we weren't ready to see. And, and so they were suppressed, they were repressed, whatever it was. So first of all, that could be kind of scary for a lot of people. It's like, wait a second, I didn't even know I've been through that. Or I, why is all of this showing up now? How did that happen for you? Was it, was it, you know, scary to all of a sudden see all these things? Was it stuff you remembered, but you just tried to sort of put away and compartmentalize? What, how did it happen for you? Yeah, I think, you know, it, honestly, Debbie, it was, I, I was watching them lower my, which usually they don't allow, but I wanted to, I was watching them lower my father into the ground and all of a sudden, um, the, the beatings of my childhood, the, the traumas and the betrayals of my childhood, the, the smell of fire. Cause we lost a house uh, when I was six years old to a fire. So the, the smell of I'm smelling fire as they're lowering my father's casket into the ground. So all of this came back and, um, you know, within days I'm short with my kids and I'm, you know, all these things are coming. I'm like, Whoa, something's going on. What is it? And, um, I, just like many people never heard the term betrayal trauma. Um, but once I did, it was a whole new life and world opened up to me that I was thrilled with because I'm very fascinated with, you know, people and psychology and, you know, what makes people go and click and tick. And um, so, so yeah, so it was a, it was an initial process. Um, uh, and then Lord knows, I don't have to tell you healing is not fun, but you know, this is why I say all the time, you know, people want the destiny, but they don't want the disruption. Um, so I, I, I worked hard for that, for that destiny. Um, I didn't want the disruption. I didn't welcome the disruption. Of course, I had no say in it with my childhood, um, but I certainly want that de uh, um, destiny. Now, what happened? So like, let's take the fire, for example. When, when you were six years old and you had that house fire, for uh, obviously it was traumatic for you to remember that at your father's burial. What, what happened when you were six? What meaning did you give it then? So um, uh, we actually, long story short, we had a rent to own. So we didn't own the house. We didn't have any insurance on it. The homeowner did. Um, and this, you know, we're talking, you know, 40 years ago. So there was no such thing as cell phones or things like that. We actually went away for the weekend. We went to go visit my aunt who lived in another town away. Um, and when we came back, we pulled into our driveway. And the only thing in our driveway was our chimney. And I just remember my mother screaming and crying and, uh, you know, then my parents started arguing and then, you know, going to the rescue mission. And um, so it, and I felt completely helpless. I felt helpless and hopeless, which is now what a lot of times um, you associate your adulthood trauma to. You know, it's always interesting not to digress, but anytime I'm talking to a couple, you can almost see what they associate trauma with. Because, you know, I'll, I'll just give a, uh, an example, a, a, 
um, uh, a heterosexual male female couple. Let's just say the the woman, the female is the wife is saying, um, I can't believe you cheated on me. Do you think I'm that ugly? And then the next person will say, I can't believe you would do this to me. Do you think I'm that worthless? Well, those terms are what they associate the trauma with. So now you know, okay, this is what they associate, you know, A, B, and C with. So oh, I just associate a lot of trauma now with, with being helpless and hopeless. Wow. Okay. Let's dive into that a little more. There's a lot to unpack there. And I have a feeling this will really serve the audience. So, so what you're saying is when someone is talking about the emotions of a recent experience, it's that um, meaning that they're assigning to is what was, let's say, unhealed from, from the original wound, let's just say. Is that what you're saying? Yes, in part because betrayal hits all of our core insecurities. Mm-hmm. And so our insecurities are things that we couldn't help when we were younger. We couldn't, um, we couldn't, you know, which is why I say a lot of times when you're an adult, whatever you needed when you were a child, reflect, do your introspection, whatever, and give that to yourself. If, if, if your parents were arguing and you felt unsafe and all you needed was a hug, give yourself a hug. If you remember when you were eight years old on a park bench and nobody would play with you, I don't care if you feel silly, get on the floor and play some marbles with yourself or hold a doll. Give yourself back. Because I'll tell you something. One of the things, especially with betrayal trauma, uh, um, well, let me just say this. Trauma, one of the good definitions of trauma is um, life-changing powerlessness, life-altering powerlessness. So one of the reasons, Debbie, that we feel that powerlessness is because when we are betrayed, our, our choice was robbed from us. So one of the things to empower us to get rid of the sting of that trauma is to give ourselves back the power, empower ourselves with choice. So for instance, this is why I say all the time, um, uh, when it, let's just say somebody's reconciling, I'll say, you have to give yourself back power because that was robbed from you. So you can say, especially when you're triggered, I'm choosing to stay. I'm choosing to work on this. I'm cho- And you can even do this in the beginning stages, you know, when you're in the fetal position on the bed crying and you still have kids you got to feed, unfortunately. So you still have to go to the store and buy bread. You, you can say, I'm choosing to go to the store today to buy bread, you know, whatever. Now, people listening could be like, well, if you have kids, you don't have a choice. You got to buy bread. No, no, no. You have a choice. You could have bought bread yesterday. You could buy bread tomorrow. You can go to the store at seven or two. Give yourself what was robbed. And that's choice. Oh, I love that. First of all, everybody, do you see why he is in our community? Holy moly. <laughs> Give yourself what, say that again, what was robbed? What was robbed? Yeah. Okay. You got to give yourself back what was robbed from you, which is what was your choice. Because think about it, Debbie, who in, the, who in the world would have chosen what somebody did to them? Nobody would. They were robbed of their, they were robbed of their choice to protect their partner. They were mm-hmm. robbed of their choice to say yes. They were robbed of their choice to keep themselves safe from STDs. So much mm-hmm. choice was robbed from them. You have to mm-hmm. empower yourself with the gift of choice. Oh, I love that. Okay. So now I'm always trying to get into the minds of the listeners and the viewers and they're like, okay, well, that sounds nice, but I really am in the fetal position and I can't even imagine making any choice at all. What do you say to that person? Yeah. And this is why I say, even in that beginning stage, you can give yourself the choice of, okay, you know what? I'm going to stay in this fetal position for two hours and then I'm going to decide to get a glass of water. And if you got to go back to that fetal position, wonderful, but you still can disrupt that temporarily with a choice to empower yourself. So, you know, no matter what, there, you have choices. 
And if that means staying in bed for four hours crying, tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to give myself four hours to go in the fetal position and cry. I love that. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. So let's talk about, so that's betrayal trauma. Let's talk about betrayal blindness. Okay. So betrayal blindness, now, very good question. This, this, this is an interesting thing. Betrayal blindness is actually, it's, it's, it's our body's way of protecting us. So it's meant to be a good thing. However, it has long-term consequences. So betrayal uh, uh, blindness, which I think was a key keyed from uh, Jennifer Freed. Jennifer Freed, right? yeah. Um, basically, it's our body's um, almost subconscious way of protecting ourselves. We cannot see what is in front of us because of the mass chaos it'll cause. Uh, we will lose connection. We will lose the safety if if we actually embrace what 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 is in front of us. I think it's a part of the freeze that you know the fight or flight. I think it's a part of the freeze. Um, uh, aspect. Um, so basically, uh, you know, uh, we have red flags, we have our gut saying something to us, but yet subconsciously our body is like, no, we're not going to question it. We're not going to do any more deep dive because if you do, then, oh my God, you might go through a divorce. Your kids might now, uh, be, uh, sexually abused by a future boyfriend. Like, you know, so nope, not going to do that. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And like I said, it's it, it's it's a protection mode, so it's supposed to serve us. But what happens now is in the long term, it gives us extra work to do. Because now, once we have this D-Day, that discovery day, that bottom falling out, that world crushing, that 9-11 happened to us, now not only are we working with the betrayal itself, but now we, we, we start internalizing that, why didn't I trust my instinct? Why didn't I trust my gut, who I'm sure was at times screaming for my attention? And, and you know, I remember reading a bunch of Jennifer Freed Fried, her studies when I was doing my study. And I remember examples of like, let's say a child who's being abused by a caretaker. And the betrayal blindness was because they needed the the, the care, if you call that care, of that caretaker. So it was, they thought in their best interest to just become blind to what was being done to them so that they thought it would protect them on some level. And, um, you know, that is betrayal blindness. Wow. Okay. Let's talk about triggers. Let's talk about triggers because that is so common to betrayal. And we're triggered when we're reminded of, you know, uh, we can see a picture or hear a song or pass a street or whatever. And those triggers can take us right down. Now, as we move through the healing, of course, they lose their emotional charge, but take us, take us down the road of, of triggers what they what they're like, what they do, and what we can do about them. Okay, first and foremost, if you don't mind, I just want to say this. Um, when this, I always tell somebody, you got to be very, very careful of the your self narrative, the dialogue you tell yourself with your betrayal, because we first narrate, then we ruminate, and then we marinate. And once we're marinating, we're creating new neural pathways, which is going to be so much harder to undo. So, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, my so-and-so, my significant other, my partner was with this person. You know, they were on a hammock, hammock feeding each other grapes, laughing uh, and running in the fields with roses, with the warm sun in slow motion. It's all lies we tell ourselves. So we got to be very careful because that in turn could actually uh, give us more triggers than, than, if we, you know, than if we didn't. So number one, you know, triggers, there's a few things with triggers. Um, number one, again, you have to empower yourself. Um, and the first thing I would do with triggers is the, um, 
um, notice no need. So basically notice your triggers. What is, what is the trigger? Where in your body are you feeling it? Because I always say the more you know, the more you grow. So where in your body are you feeling that um, uh, uh, trigger? Now, this is done with compassion and curiosity, no judgment, because Lord have mercy, we love to judge ourselves and criticize. So um, then, um, then no, ask your trigger, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to tell me? Are you, you know, uh, whatever it is, listen to your body, try and tell you. Then need. So notice no need. The last one is need. What do I need? Oh, do I need connection? Let me go find someone I can connect with that I trust. Oh, do I need a hug? Give yourself a hug. Oh, do I need to ask my significant other a question to clarify something? Let me do that. You know, whatever. So note, So that's the thing with triggers. But a lot of people find it very hard grounding themselves in triggers. So there's many, many, many techniques. There's, you know, the rainbow technique, which is to look around the room, Roy G. Biv, look at something red, look at something orange, look at something yellow. You know, these are grounding techniques. There's also talk to yourself out loud. Out of everybody's voice in the world, you are going to be in tune and listen to your own voice and believe your own voice. So you need to tell yourself, um, I am safe. I am secure. I am, uh, I, and again, those choices, I am choosing right now not to give in to this trigger. Um, and then if you are create trying to move towards that new 2.0, challenge your triggers. And I always say, you gotta challenge your triggers with facts, not emotions and feelings. Challenge your triggers um, and say, you know what? I, I, I understand trigger, you're in my head. But because listen, Debbie, you know, we can't help what comes into our mind a lot of times, but we can help how long it stays and what it does. So once it comes into our mind, we can't help that, but we can help what we do with it. So does this thought help me to make, be the 2.0 person I want to go? Is me marinating in this thought right now, in this trigger, is it helping me achieve the person that I want to achieve? If not, it's your responsibility to address it. So challenge your triggers. I mean, there's a million things you can do with triggers. Those are just some. I, I just so love that. And I've been furiously writing notes. Amazing. How do we, um, so now, okay, someone's moving through their triggers. They want to move through their betrayal. That person is listening right now. They're saying, Coach Jay is just dropping some amazing nuggets here. How do you suggest they heal from betrayal? I mean, of course, moving through the five stages and joining us within the community. What else? Yeah. So I, first of all, I just want to say this. Um, pebbles make mountains and raindrops make seas. If you go oh, say that again. <laughs> and slowly, pebbles please. Make, <laughs> pebbles make mountains and raindrops make seas. Ah, I love that. If you go to a wig factory, Debbie, if you go to a wig factory and you see this beautiful finished lush wig, oh my gosh, it's got thousands and thousands of hair. That's the that's stage five of the healing process. What a lot of people do, though, is what happens is a lot of people are doing a lot of great work. They're doing a lot of great work, but they're expecting this wig. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to go to the other end of the factory where they're putting the first strands of hair on the plastic hair piece. But here's what happens. As you're doing work and there's 20 pieces of hair, 2,000 pieces of hair, 5,000 we often don't see the we don't see the progress because we're not we're only staring at the end progress. And I just want to say this, if you don't mind, with a visual uh, a visual analogy, uh, uh, and I'm sure you've heard this before. Pretend there's a big balloon filled with manure in a box with a needle sticking up from the bottom of the box, and it's bouncing all around. When you first discover this D-Day, this betrayal, or uh, what I call the um, coffin of confusion, which I'll tell you about in a second. That balloon is bouncing around so often it's 
it's landing on the needle and popping. Well, now all this manure is, is out there. That's something that has to be dealt with, addressed, cleaned up. While you're going to address that manure, another balloon filled with manure pops. You can't get a hold of yourself. And Debbie, this is while you're still going to work, still feeding your kids, still trying to walk outside with a fake smile on your face because life still continues. Well, eventually what happens with a lot of hard work, that balloon starts to get a little bit smaller. Now it's still going to touch the pin. It's still going to pop. It's still going to have manure. You still got to deal with it, but it becomes slightly more manageable. These are triggers. Eventually, with a lot of time and hard work, and you know, there's a lot of hard work with healing, um, that balloon gets small. And then eventually, and um, I don't know, maybe the end of stage four, maybe five, I'd have to think about this a little bit more. That balloon now is replaced from manure with glitter. Now it's still going to pop. It's still going to pop. And I don't have to tell you, especially if you have, well, I shouldn't gender stereotype. I have a girl. She loves glitter. You still have to clean glitter up, but there's not the smell anymore. There's not the, so I think a lot of your triggers go into mere thoughts and reminders years and years out of it with proper healing. And, um, and, and, and then not only is it replaced with manure from, from glitter, but now you can take that glitter and instead of those emotionally charged triggers, the, your reminders can be of all the reminders of the hard work and the beautiful person you've become and who you are today. So that's from manure to glitter. So your triggers will dissipate if you do the hard work. You know, and I'm just imagining because there are people and and I see them, there are some, they have the whatever it takes attitude and they are just willing to do whatever it takes. And then there are others that they're just like, well, this is just way too hard. This is just way too hard. Is there a simple fix here? Um, and, and, and I say no. I mean, there really isn't. And if you're resistant, you're totally keeping your healing at bay. How do you, let's talk to that person who's like, well, you know, it's manageable. I'm, I kind of, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm through it. Like life still stinks, but they're making that. Okay. Like I'm fine. It's that person who's like, no, I'm fine. Let's talk yeah. to that person. Can I just do something real quick, Deb? Deb can, can you fold your arms? Okay. So whatever you're relatively comfortable, you're folding your arms. Well. Now fold them the other way. <laughs> did I do it? I can't even tell if I did it the other way. Oh, that's so weird. Okay. This is a type of cognitive dissonance. You want to go back to what feels comfortable. This is healing through trauma. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We want to go back to what's normal, what feels comfortable, what's familiar. If you want to heal from trauma, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm, it's just comfortable as with as that. the discomfort. Yeah. There really is no way around it. And, and really what I see is people striving for fine, striving for, I'm able to just get through my day, striving for, you know, uh, I, I'm able to sleep through the night. It's like, that's it. But that's not a stage four, stage five thing. I mean, we've seen, we've seen the ones who've done the work. That's where they create a new business, a new level of health, a new relationship with the person who hurt them or someone totally new. That's only when you're willing to do the, to do the hard work. So I, I, I love that you're addressing that because it, there really is no simple solution here. There's no easy way. There's not. And you know, if you don't mind, I just want to give you a quick analogy. And I think I have analogies because I work with a lot of men and men are very visual. So I, I give them, you know, some visuals, but you know, uh, I, I mentioned before, uh, something I call the, the, um, the coffin of confusion. Do you know the time where, you know, that I'm talking about the moment we just discover the phone bill, the moment we just discover the phone numbers under the mattress, the number, the, the moment we, we find the lip gloss in the car, 
Imagine the person you love and trusted the most yanks out half your brain, throws you in a coffin, locks it, and puts you in the middle of the ocean. You don't know what's real of your past because your synapsis isn't working. Half your brain is gone. You don't, you, you can't think in the future because you're confined in a coffin. And because you're in the middle of the ocean, you don't know what the future holds. So, so that's the coffin of confusion. That's, that's the moment of D-Day. And this is what's difficult to get people out of. Now, let me just say real quick, if you don't mind, when I talk to men, um, and I was talking to one the other day who was, uh, you know, I, I apologize for saying this, completely clueless over the damage he caused. And I told him, I said, listen, you have to manage that. You have to imagine this, okay? Imagine there's a bridge two miles above land. It's a very thin, wobbly bridge. And you're standing at the beginning of the bridge holding your two babies in each arm. You got one baby in this one, one baby in this one. Under that bridge is fire and lava. And you're trying to walk your baby across, walk those babies across the bridge holding them. And who's guiding you is the person you love and trust the most in life. So as you're walking, the smoke from the flames and the lava is so thick sometimes you can't even see. You have to put your hand on the person in front of you, the shoulder of the person, because they're guiding you to safety. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, that bridge collapses and you're falling to imminent death. There's volcano, there's fire, there's lava. You're falling. You got your two babies in your arms. Your, your brain is hijacked. You're only in survival mode. You look up and you see that the person you trusted the most has a hammer in their hand. They're the ones that made the bridge collapse. That moment right there is the coffin of confusion. While you're struggling, your brain is hijacked. You're confused. This is where people start vomiting. This is where people scream. This is where people fall to their knees. This is the point where you almost disassociate from your from yourself. Mm -hmm. And everyone Sorry, remembers exactly where they were when they were placed in that coffin of confusion, me included. Yeah, that is an amazing visual. So just to to wrap it up a little bit, let's bring. I I don't want to I don't want to have everybody leave you without hearing about forgiveness. Let's talk about forgiveness a little bit. Okay. So first of all, let me just say this. Um, as we all know, uh, uh, forgiveness is not about the other person. That's mm -hmm. number one. Uh, forgiveness is a gift we give ourselves. The first thing, however, let me just say this, is you have to define what forgiveness is for you. Because if you ask 10 different people what forgiveness is, they're going to give you 10 different answers. One person could say forgiveness means just, you know, giving my, you know, taking the burdens out of my basket and putting it in the basket of God's or putting in the basket of the universe or putting in the basket of nature. When another person could say, well, forgiveness means, hey, it's, it's done and over with it. Bygones, we can still have tea every Tuesday. So everybody's definition of forgiveness is completely different. You have to give your own self, you know, what is your definition of it? Because you can't forgive something you don't understand. You can't, you can't do something you don't understand the meaning of. Um, and so that's number one. Number two, um, knowing that forgiveness is the gift you give yourself because uh, I, you know, trauma is like a fireball in our body. And uh, if you don't deal with that, it may move, but it's still going to be in your body. It's like this. You ever go to a masseur and um, at first you're thinking, ooh, I'm going to lay on the table and it's going to feel so good. Next thing you know, you're laying on the table and they're kneading out this kink and you're almost on the verge of tears. And you're like, ow. Well, that's where healing is from trauma. It doesn't feel good. But what they're doing is they're, they're, they're disseminating that kink. They're getting it all out so you can get rid of it. And that's what, that's what forgiveness does is it breaks that kink in our soul. It breaks those kinks in our system so we can get rid of them. Forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. It has everything to do with us. And it's a gift that you absolutely deserve and owe yourself. And, and that's the biggest thing to, to understand because I think we withhold forgiveness thinking, well, it's going to punish them. 
And that's that saying, you know, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. So it is, it's something that we absolutely give ourselves. So I, I don't even want to wrap this up because this is just so good. But what what do you want to tell us as we wrap up? What do you want to make sure everyone knows? Uh, okay. I, I'm Well, first of all, I could talk forever and give you a lot of things, but I just want to say this real quick, just to go back to what you said before about forgiveness. There's a huge difference between forgiveness, reconciliation, rebuilding. They're completely different worlds. We have to, you know, you can still reconcile while working on forgiveness. You can still forgive while reconciling, yada, yada. They're, they don't all mean the same thing. A couple things. Um, I just want to say this. Number one, in, in the history of mankind, no one has ever died from a snake bite. No one has ever died from a snake bite. What people die from is the venom that gets into their veins, goes up to their heart and stops their heart. So it's the same thing with, with trauma and betrayal trauma. Other people give us pain, but we give ourselves suffering. So what we have to do is once people bite us, we have to make sure their venom doesn't get to our heart. They're responsible for biting us. We're responsible for preventing that to get to our heart. And second of all, I just want to say this, since we were talking about reconciliation, I hear so many times people are like, my so-and-so did this to me. My husband did this. My wife, I'll never be able to look at them the same. I'll never be able to respect them. I'll never be able to trust them. I'll never be able to honor them. And you know what I say? You're right. You are right. You are never going to be able to trust this person again. Never. However, if you and the person individually are doing the hard work to become different people, better people, improve people, 2.0 people, you're not, you're trusting a completely different person. Debbie, you wouldn't have married your ex-husband again a day after D-Day, a week after. No, you married a completely different person. He might look the same. He might talk the same, but he's a completely different 2.0 person. Not to he mention- even, And I'll tell you, I was so- hesitant. And I'm so glad you brought that up. And, and everybody knows that was the deal breaker. So the marriage was over. And then, you know, not long ago, we married each other again, new rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids at a bridal party. And the and if there was any reminder of that version of him who he had temporarily become, there's not a chance in this universe I ever would have considered that. Not at all. 100%. But as you know, both parties have a responsibility. I, I will not allow the old self to show up of you. At the same token, I got to hold myself accountable for not allowing my old self to show up um, in whatever capacity, you know, that means. Exactly. Uh, okay. So besides everybody who's listening, watching, you can meet with Coach Jay within the PBT Institute, but where else can they learn more about you and the amazing work you do? Um, uh, well, I'm all over social media. That's number one. But uh, my website, which is the easiest to remember ever is mrjrelationshipcoach.com. But even if people don't come to me for any reason whatsoever, as far as coaching, I have a YouTube channel with tons of free um, content. As a matter of fact, I, um, I mean, my, my TikTok, whatever. But so again, even if they don't come to me for coaching in any capacity, just take advantage of the free resources that I have on my site. Uh, and, and you can see from, I mean, how many nuggets did Coach Jay drop on us? I, I mean, this is incredible. And this is just, this is just in a short conversation. Can you imagine um, having access to him and just his amazing uh, analogies? And you know, I'm so big on analogies. I love them. And you gave me so many more and I'm going to be using them. I will give you full credit, but I'm going to be using a lot of them for sure. They're amazing. Coach Jay, what a gift and a privilege to know you, to uh, be able to work with you and to, and to just be on this path of helping people heal from betrayal with you. You're just a gifted human being and I'm, I'm blessed to know you. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. And I just want to let you know, same here. You're the one that really helped me turn my pain into purpose, take my tears and transform, give, take my burdens and let them become a, a blessing, take my mess and let it become a message. So thank you. I just, I just want to hug you. Okay. Virtual thank hug. you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much. Holy moly. Isn't coach Jay incredible from Betrayal hits all of our insecurities to people want the destination, not the disruption, and so much more. I don't know about you, but I learned a lot. Stay in touch with Coach Jay by following him on social media, checking out his YouTube channel. Don't forget, he's one of our amazing coaches within the PBT Institute too, so you can find him there as well. And we'll have all of his information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. When it comes to triggers, be careful of the stories we tell ourselves. Number one, notice. Notice the story you're telling yourself. Two, know. Know what you're trying to say. Three, need. Ask yourself, what do I need? And don't forget to challenge those triggers with facts. Lots to move through after betrayal and let us help. From coaches like Jay to our other amazing coaches that you can take classes with, have private sessions with, to our signature programs, master classes, sessions with me, and so much more, we have everything you need to fully heal from your betrayal. There is no place like it. So go to thepbtinstitute.com forward slash join so you can see for yourself. Can't wait to be with you next time, and here's to your breakthrough.